your favorite cartoon characters will help you understand how drugs and alcohol can ruin your life. So watch the program. Talk about it with your family. Mike and Ethan's. Uh, wait, what did we call this? Damn! <laughs> it was a special presentation. A present, special presentation. I wanted to call it by the name of another of my minor shows. I wanted to call it Magazine Reload, and that's just not even close. That's part of. Uh, well, that's that. That's part of the Hungry Reader. Yes, it is. Well, part of the Hungry Reader family of uh, podcasts, micro show series, which some some of which only have one or two. How many uh, magazine reloads are there? Oh, I, geez, was there more than one? Did I do? I thought I think I recorded one, and then never put it up because I know I did one for Cricket Magazine, but I don't remember if I did anything after that. I know I recorded hmm. one about An America, but I I never finished that one. So oh, I don't remember that one. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah you never I saw the, it. <laughs> no, I remember the strip club. That was one I always looked forward to. Yeah, well, that kind of, uh, that's one of the reasons we got started doing this show, so... That's true, so we could talk about other strips. Yes, uh, other strips but, that I wouldn't have to scan a whole bunch of, because that really that's is right. what gets in the way of doing The Hungry Reader, is just all the scanning I have to do. Ugh, <laughs> God, can you, ugh, I can't blame you. Yeah. Uh, but no, tonight we're talking about something that is, um, that predates scanning technology completely. Yes, uh, in fact, it predates, uh... Does it predate the internet itself? Yeah, it does. Wow. It predates ARPANET? It predates uh, everything. This is from 1973. That was before time started. So. Oh, I, th- I was thinking of uh, the strip itself. but Oh, the strip itself? Yeah, that actually, that that's from the before time. That's from the, the way long ago. Not even uh, the, the puppet, puppet times. times. More like the... Not even the puppet the times. The cave painting that's, uh, times. Yeah. Uh, when, the, when the strip we're talking about, by the way, is a little thing that you kids might not have heard of called Peanuts. Yeah, Peanuts, which is one of the most beloved comic strips of all time. And fun fact, although it's not that fun because everyone knows this already, the creator, Charles Schultz, always hated the name all his life. Yeah, it was originally Little Folks, wasn't it? And yeah, he wanted to call changes. it that. And somebody's... and. He wanted to either call it Little Folks or Good Old Charlie Brown. And that's why, for years, the Sunday strips were called Peanuts featuring Good Old Charlie Brown. Yeah, I mean, I can't say I blame him. Those would both be much more accurate names than Peanuts. Peanuts is a uh, weird name. It seems it feels like it feels like they were just thinking of the peanut gallery from Howdy Doody. Oh, that makes a little bit more sense, though, because... Yeah. I was always thinking of the nut, and I'm like, okay, um, I I don't I don't get that. Well, uh, it's supposed to least... suggest like a crowd of mixed children, but it doesn't really. <laughs> it's like yes, a crowd of uh, all every kind of white kid that you can get, at least at first. Yeah, plus Franklin, Franklin, Franklin. Yeah, um, and I always and... thought that Marcy was Asian. Turns out she's not. Oh, she's not. Yeah. Huh. I, I never thought about. I never really thought about it too much. I think it's because yeah, I was right. mixing her up with Honey from Doonesbury. Oh, you're right. They do look Doons- very similar, don't they? Yeah, and they do have very similar uh, relationships with Pepper and Patty and Duke, respectively. Yes. So, so yeah. yeah. Well, that was kind probably intentional on Honey's part. It's <laughs> like we got to give him somebody who who follows him around and admires him worshipfully. Let's make her look like Mercy. <laughs> Yeah. Well, and Duke does look like Charlie Brown. They're both bald. That's that's true. <laughs> so, wow, now, dude, dude, I think we just blew the lid off something here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, so Peanuts is now uh, Doonesbury is canonically Peanuts all grown up. Yes. So um, Zonker is mean, Linus. Yeah, I can see it. Um, does Zonker have a uh, zipper is a rerun? Yeah. Yeah. And uh I guess 
I don't know. Did, did any of them ever play football? I can't think of who BD would have been. Um. Yeah. Well, BD. Oh gosh, could it be Lucy? Because Charlie Brown did play sure. football with Lucy. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's okay. I'll go with that. Yeah, yeah. Lucy grew yeah. up with BD. That's why not. Yeah. And why not? I mean, you know, it's um, it's it's a progressive strip, so yes. it could happen. Uh, Schultz was always, you know, on the forefront of that. So of you yep. Know, of, so yeah. Um, I can't think of what other characters were there. Uh, was there a? a let's see. Who else was in uh, Doonesbury? Uh, Boopsie? Boopsie. Well, that's clearly Violet. So. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah, and then I guess there's Mike. He's kind of the main character. He's yeah, he's Doonesbury. Charlie Brown with a wig. Yeah, so um, there you go. Uh, we, we've uh, connected the dots. They're yes. all there. Uh, I can't think of any other Peanuts character. Oh, there's Pigpen, I guess. Pig, <laughs> Pigpen was... Uh, oh, Pigpen grew up to be Mr. Butts. <laughs> yeah, it fits. It fits. <laughs> but so so wait, so um so who's Mr. J though? Mr. J um Mr. J Shermie. It's Shermie. Yeah, it was Shermie. Why not? I mean, why not? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> um, oh, and uh, and five grew up to be the White House. There you go. Um Oh, what about uh, what about Snoopy? We don't have a Snoopy analog. In You're Pittsburgh. right. There's no dog, don't. is there? There's Snoopy. no animal characters. Yeah, that's weird. Um, <sighs> okay, well now the whole theory breaks down. You're right. You're well. I mean, Snoopy did wouldn't grow up. Dogs don't live that oh, long. Oh my God! You're right. Wow. Okay, so Snoopy is dead <laughs> at the time that Doonesbury takes place. <laughs> Oh, man. Now I'm, this is just getting depressing now. Okay. We're trying well, to cheer ourselves up and we made it worse. Uh, because tonight we are actually talking about something that's mainly Snoopy related. Yes. It's called It's Flash Beagle, Charlie Brown. Yes. The, the TV special that literally began with Charlie Brown. No, not Charlie Brown. Charlie Schultz. Charlie Schultz went to see the movie Flashdance and, and he was watching those dance sequences and the part where she dumps the water on herself and goes, you know, Snoopy could do that. And he's right. Snoopy could, but the question is, should Snoopy do that? Um, and, and would Snoopy do that under any circumstances other than a special called it's flash beagle, Charlie Brown. So I've never actually seen flash dance, the movie, I looked up the summary on Wikipedia in preparation for this uh, podcast, um, and it does not seem to really have any connection with the Flash Beagle, Charlie Brown, no. other than dancing. She's a welder by day and a dancer by night. That's all I know. Yeah. Uh, there's no... Yeah, and there there's no real... In this one, it's basically... Well, Snoopy at night goes out dancing, and then there's a whole bunch of unrelated dance numbers and comedy skits that don't really connect in any way to anything. Yeah, so. it's almost more like a Snoopy-centric laugh-in. Yeah, it actually made me think a lot of uh, Paul, the Paul Lynn Halloween special, honestly. Oh. Or, oh, no, 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 no. What's it called? The it's, it's like the Tracy Ullman show. Tracy takes on? No, no, the one that The Simpsons was the spinoff of. The one that uh, where it has oh, some comedy oh, sorry, sketches. I thought, <laughs> oh, I thought you meant when you said it's like Tracy takes off. Uh, sorry, when, when it's like the Tracy Ullman show. I thought you meant you were trying to think of something, and you were like, the thing I am trying to think of is like the Tracy. No, Ullman no, show. no, no, no. Rather no, than I mean, you're saying the thing we're talking about. Is yes, like the Tracy Snoopy. Show. Yes, yes. Flash yes. Beagle is. It's like the Tracy Ullman show, and there's a lot of musical sketches that aren't really necessarily supposed to be funny. <laughs> no, they're just, are um, they? no, the, they aren't really, they're just, um, I guess to kill time. Uh, it's weird because nothing that happens connects to anything. And some of the connecting material is just, well, it starts off with like a football game where Snoopy is, you know, playing football with a, a big team of kids. I think Peppermint Patty is, is running it. Yeah. Which is weird. Cause I don't remember football ever being a thing in peanuts other than Lucy and Charlie Brown and the football. Oh, uh, uh, well, I play baseball. Well, I distinctly remember a one where 
a specific strip where Snoopy was trying out for Peppermint Patty's football team, and she tells him to come and tackle her, and Charles Schultz just gives the most ridiculously ornate description of the sound that it says, it shows Snoopy ramming into her, and then it says, crunch, rib-shaking, flesh-tearing, teeth-rattling, sound of glass-breaking, <laughs> toe-breaking, earth-shattering smash, and it takes up two panels. <laughs> Jeez, I, wow. I, I think I, I mostly memorized that as a kid, because it was like a poem. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty intense. It is. I, uh, I, I, okay, now that you mentioned it, I do, I vaguely recall Pepper and Patty being involved with football, I think. Um, but in this case, they have a little football sequence, Snoopy does a dance, and then it's not brought up again for the entirety of the rest of the special. Huh. I mean, I was expecting, we're going to come back to this football thing at some point, because there was no comedy payoff to this. Well, I know they've done at least a few things with, uh, Snoopy and I think Snoopy and football was more of an animated peanuts thing because oh oh another thing you remember how Snoopy was sometimes a helicopter yes yeah yes, they did a lot that. of that with him being like the helicopter getting the air view of the stadium oh okay huh you yeah, know if yeah. anyone out there hasn't read any peanuts strips they're just gonna be wondering what the hell we're talking about yeah that's that's uh, kind know. of a uh that's kind of something you run into with a with a strip that literally ran for 50 years yeah uh what if there's you, a lot out there i mean if you only read the last 10 years of peanut strips you'd think it was bullshit and wonder why there was so many strips about it because it was literally about two things it was about rerun or it was about snoopy eating cookies oh yeah or his fat brother. I do yes. remember that. Yeah, there was like um, two. There were like. I, I was looking through it. I mean, I read like the whole back catalog of Peanuts from about 1973 onward just because just because I love Peanuts. And it was around, <laughs> you know, 19, 1987 to 1993 or so that you start to see this really perceptible slide where. One out of three strips, if not one out of two strips, ends with Snoopy saying something about cookies. It's mm. like he was more obsessed with cookies than Garfield ever was with lasagna. It was really weird. Well, maybe I feel like, you know, Charles Schultz, you know, he, at that point, he's getting a little older. You know, yeah. comics is a young man's game. Mm -hmm. And you know how it is. He's he was, there and he, he, he was out of his prime. Yeah, but yeah. And he's he probably felt Jim Davis, you know, snapping at his heels, like <laughs> like, uh, and just started thinking, like, oh god, I gotta do something to compete. I gotta gotta stay with it. Gotta stay relevant. Uh, cat likes lasagna. Well, the dog likes cookies. <laughs> uh, and and just kind of went from there. Um, also, because, that was yeah, kind of the Ninja Turtles era, so there was the whole pizza mm. thing going on. So there was a lot of X character has to have X favorite food that they make tons and tons and tons of jokes out of. Yeah, that's that's what kids love because kids kids love, love repetitious food. bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this one, uh, there's no cookies in this special, um, <laughs> but that's also because it's uh, it's special. And one of the huge differences between a Peanuts animated and Peanuts comic is that Snoopy does not communicate, which uh, is one of like... the things that makes them really different. They are very, two very different worlds. They really are. Um, it is weird watching this because I haven't watched a Peanuts special in quite a while, but there's so many things that are unique to Peanuts specials and animated version. Just like the way Snoopy laughs, you're like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that ex it's extremely distinctive. And when Snoopy was laughing at this, I was like, yeah, you don't hear anything like that anywhere else. So He sure doesn't um, do that in the comics. No, no. But in the comics, he kind of does that Garfield thing where he thinks. Yeah, you can see his thoughts stuff. in the comics and not in the cartoons. And it, it's like, can you imagine if they did that with Garfield? Yeah, it would be kind of weird. I mean, they used to be, uh, what is it? Uh, the Before they did Garfield without Garfield, when they just did Garfield. There was the other Stockholm. thing. There was the uh, Arbuckle was what they were calling it, was the, the strip that was just about John and his cat. 
I actually like that better, to be honest. Me too. I was I having like, fun making those. Hmm. Yeah, and I feel like that's actually that is actually what is happening because John canonically cannot hear Garfield's thoughts. So he is literally just talking to a cat and acting as if and just randomly acting as making faces as if he can understand what the cat is thinking. Uh, there was one strip where John said, I'm sorry, Garfield. Sometimes I forget you can't talk. Oh, well, there you go. A little so bit sometimes of, uh... he's kind of predicting what Garfield's thinking. And other times he's not, I guess, but Hmm, interesting. Um, well, you know, it's uh, I, people, you know, they, they can kind of sense what their pets are thinking. I think, so, um, but anyway, this special, it's the Flash Beagle. Uh, so Snoopy does it. He, you know, I watched this literally today and I've already forgotten almost everything about it. Yeah, it's <laughs> not that memorable, honestly. I mean, and that's kind of a thing about, you know, I said, OK, let's do two peanut specials because we have another one coming up right after this. And yeah. And one thing I learned from watching two peanut specials in a row is, wow, I hate peanut specials. <laughs> okay. You know what? I'm, I'm kind of glad that you said it first. Um, because God, you know, the thing about peanuts is I remember watching them as a kid and just being like, God, these are so depressing. I hate these so much. And as an adult, I can kind of appreciate more what Charles Schultz was going for. A little... But at the same time, they're still so depressing. Yeah. But the thing is, that depressingness, it's not the same depression that you get from the comics. Because the comics, they're very melancholy. There's a lot of soul-searching going on in some of the best ones, including the one that we're going to talk about after this. And... It doesn't come across in these specials at all, even when it comes directly from the strips. Now, Flash Beagle is not based on any actual Peanuts strip, I don't think. I don't remember mm. there being a Flash Beagle strip, but uh, it was... But the thing about the strips is that you can have the characters saying things that sound much more natural when you read them than when you have an actual six-year-old memorize the words phonetically and then recite them into the microphone. Yeah, um, that is one of the interesting things about Peanuts is that, yeah, they always had actual children voicing the characters, which and... I think is a huge weakness on this on its part. Yeah, you know, I especially I, I especially noticed it in the Flash Beagle because the kid they got to do Peppermint Patty does not sound like how I remember Peppermint Patty sounding in the other specials at all. Which um, is strange she... because Patty had some of the most uh, I actually know this. They they got three. Peppermint Patty was always voiced by a boy. They wanted her to have a kind of tomboyish ac accent. So really? They got, so they always got a boy to voice her. And That's she interesting. Had, and Peppermint Patty actually had the most consistent voice across the most specials because they got three brothers to do her voice. Oh. And when one of them got too old and his voice changed, they just moved down the road to the next brother. That's interesting. I never realized that Peppermint Patty was voiced by, by a boy. Yes. Or, or three boys. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, it does explain because I always thought that of the kids, she had sort of the most con most um, memorable voice. It really kind of stands out. And in this one, for some reason, when Pepper and Patty talks, it just sounds like Lucy. Yeah, just sounds she sounds dubbed. Yeah, it's weird. Um, but I will say that Pepper and Patty re remains the most relatable character in Peanuts. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, she she really could have car carried her own strip, and I'm kind of surprised that you know. Well, I mean, Schultz did maintain creative control over Peanuts for the most part all his life, and good for him. But, you know, he was no stranger to commercialism, and I would think that he would he would have loved the opportunity to sort of uh, start spinning off his characters into other strips drawn by other talented cartoonists. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, Pepper and Pat, yeah, she's got, she's enough of her own presence that she can... Uh, carry a storyline without um, without Charlie Brown there. Yes. Like most of the other characters like kind of react to him in some way, you know, like I couldn't imagine Lucy being the star of her own strip. Mm -mm, uh, no, she's, but, but she's kind of nothing without Charlie Brown, but yeah, exactly. Um, plus honestly, like I always thought as a kid, most of the characters in peanuts, I mean, they're kind of mean. Yeah. Uh, Pepper and Patty was the one that I, that I always thought like, she actually is kind of, you know, she's not a, she's just kind of decent to I Charlie know. Brown. 
Marcy too, though. Marcy's fine. I mean, this um, is getting this is kind of getting into something that's a little bit touchy for some people because it's like the Ernie and Bert thing. But mm-hmm. uh, Peppermint Patty and Marcy are kind of regarded as this as as kind of a model lesbian couple, and they're really not because if you look at the strip, both of them are in love with Charlie Brown, and they even come out and say so. That's right, and they both have. They, they, neither of them call him Charlie Brown because Pepper yeah. Patty calls him Chuck, and what does Marcy call? She calls him, him Charles. That's right. I forgot about that. So. And that's kind of. Funny. I do remember. I think I mentioned this. I might have mentioned this in a previous uh, podcast. Maybe not. Mm-hmm. But uh, the one of the reasons reasons that the uh, Charlie Brown specials have such a distinctive feel is that they were directed by Bill Melendez, who is also the voice of Snoopy. And as you can guess, oh, I didn't know that. And as you can guess from the name Melendez, he's Mexican. And Bill Melendez used to direct the children and the ones who do doing the voices and the ones who couldn't read. He'd just read the lines for them and have them repeat it. And that means that sometimes they speak with a bit of a Mexican accent. Huh. And you can huh. especially hear that with Marcy because sometimes she calls him Charles using a very oh, that's funny. Charles I, instead of Charles. I had not noticed that, but I'll have to go back and listen to it again. Yeah. Um, Man, um, but yeah, this is the one we get. We do get an extended sequence with Marcy and Peppermint Patty. In, the, that's, this in, is the one with the head, right? That's right. And there's no music in this or any relation to Flash Beagle-ism. Uh, it's just Peppermint Patty falling asleep in school, which again, relatable, and <laughs> um, getting her hair caught in a binder. Um, and yeah, uh, it's... It's, I, I don't know, I, I, I like Peppermint Patty because, like me, she fell asleep a lot and she yeah. was bad in school, so, um, you know, big mood. There's this, there's a strip in the, in the, uh, in the comics, this series where Peppermint Patty's dad is going out of town, so she goes to stay with Charlie Brown for a while, and she stays with Snoopy in his guest cottage, as she puts it, and... Oh, that's right, she doesn't know he's a dog, right? Yeah, it took her forever to figure out that Snoopy was a beagle. <laughs> See again. She called I mean, him the funny-looking kid with a big nose. I, I again, I, 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 that just makes me like her more. Yes. Because first of all, I think it's relatable to not be able to recognize dogs. That happens to me all the time. <laughs> you know, you're just like talking to someone, and it turns out like, oh, it's a dog. Well, boy, is my face red. And here on um, the internet, <laughs> yeah, nobody knows. You know. Uh, and secondly, I mean, she's, uh, she's. I mean, it, it's. I guess it's kind of rude to call someone, you know, a funny-looking kid with a big nose to their face. Well, but, he does. you know, she doesn't, I don't think, but... <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, still, she's, like, kind of, like, again, she's, uh, she's nice. She's, uh, she's very, very uh, friendly to Snoopy, I unlike f- some other characters I could mention. I feel like Peppermint Patty comes across, we wouldn't, nobody would have said it outside of this decade, because the word didn't exist, but she seems a little bit neurodivergent. Yeah, yeah, you know, um, I can see it. Uh, she doesn't, she doesn't quite fit into the world of peanuts like uh, like a lot of the other characters do. Uh, she she be- marches the beat of her own drum. Yes, and um, yeah, I I uh, and like Charlie Brown, I'm... she tends to humiliate herself and make make herself the butt of her own jokes. And yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I think that's again that's why she's. Um, She's one of the standout characters. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but uh, so yeah, they they do a little school thing with them, and then she just, she does has a musical number where she sings about being in shape. Yeah, uh, where she's she says she's not like you know smart or anything, uh, but she's in shape, and that's her thing. Yeah, so, good for her. Um, I'm not very smart, and I don't have any connections, but at least all my organs are good and sellable. <laughs> she's um. Uh, you know, the music in this is pretty good. <laughs> As, I, yeah, I kind of like This it. is another one by the same people who do the Garfield music, uh, Ed Bogus and Des- Desiree Goyette. I noticed that. Oh, I didn't I didn't notice that. Yeah. Um, it's it's very disco-y, which I... Appropriate. I, which kind of fits. I mean, was Flashdance a disco music? I don't um, really know. But... It was after the big, stupid, racist disco dies moment, mm. but, is, but disco didn't actually die then. It just sort of hit its face and and tried to uh it got got a quickie marriage to new wave kind of 
Mm, okay. Which is also a very good music genre. So, yes. uh, good. Uh, but this was, it felt, the music felt a little disco to me. Um, I don't remember Flash, what, I've never heard the music in Flashdance, so I don't know if that's accurate. But also, I feel like there was well, the a little song, bit of Saturday Night Fever in yeah. this. A little the bit song of that influence. everyone knows from Flashdance is Maniac. Oh, that's from Flashdance. Yes. Okay. I thought it was from The Simpsons when uh, Groundskeeper Willie did that song. <laughs> I thought but, it was um, from The Critic. <laughs> um, so they um, actually, so Snoopy does have a big musical sequence where he uh, flash beagles it up. Yes. And this was interesting because he goes out on the town as the flash beagle. And I was, like I said, I felt like this a little bit of Saturday Night Fever yeah. um, going on. So I'm like, but I was watching it. I was like, "Why is he wearing like a robosize outfit? Is that because that was what you dance? wore to dance?" I guess. I thought he looked but like he, he was. I thought he looked like Danielson, but I don't know. Oh well, the thing is, like, I he was going to what was very clearly a disco club, you know, with the 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 grid on the floor and everything. Yeah. So, but he's got the headband and he and the kind of like um the ratty uh, sweat top that your mom wears when she yes. does, you know, jazzercise. And um, yeah, so it's like he's clearly going to a to a gym, but instead he goes to a club uh, with Franklin, I think. Franklin is Yeah, he goes there. to Franklin, and waiting there is another Franklin. Yeah. <laughs> For the first time ever, we see two black people in Charlie Brown's in town, neighborhood, in... Oh, did you know his uh, his town is called Pineview Corners? I did not know that. Yes. Um, and the only place you will ever see that is in one Charlie Brown book, not strip, not a collection of strips, a book called Security is a Blanket or something like that. Like those oh, Happiness is a yeah. Warm Puppy books. There's one. Right. There is one that's a that's kind of focused on Linus that's about security. And one page says security is having a hometown. And it shows Linus hugging a sign that says Pineview Corners, population thousand something or other. Is this like an actual like story or is it like a, a collection of aphorisms, like one of those um, wisdom yeah. from an otter type books? Yeah, that kind of thing. It's like it's the kind of thing that you would buy for somebody's birthday in CVS. Ah, OK. Actually, you know what I have right. Uh, I do have which reminds me uh, when you said that, like, peanuts, There, there's a lot of interesting peanuts merchandise opportunities mm-hmm. um you know you know the snoopy phone uh <laughs> knott's Berry farm uh right here on my shelf i actually have uh the gospel according to peanuts man i, I remember uh, reading that but i didn't understand it because i didn't know anything about the gospel yeah and i do know that like charles schultz himself was a minister so yeah uh, possibly this is less of a cash grab than he a, was a, a genuine he was a christian but he was the kind that enjoyed a really open-minded discussion so yeah which is which is good that's to his credit um i think it does show up i mean you kind of feel that through his um his uh his work and that's uh, that's one of the reasons that the christmas special is still kind of works to this day even though yeah. it has all the problems of the other peanut specials. Yeah. Well, I think like that's a thing. It's like when you watch the the Christmas special or read Peanuts, you do feel like uh, Charles Schultz has a, has a very genuine sympathy for the underdog. Yes. Uh, which is, you know, probably the most important uh, Christian trait that you can have. Yes. And you know, it's it's which makes it. Vit- you know, Jesus might have said to- something about that difficult to throw a rock in a church to f- and hit a Christian that has that trait, but yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, very true. <clears throat> but, um, <coughs> um, but, uh, yeah. Th- so th- the flash beagle doesn't really have a lot of that influence in it. Uh, this is really just the, you know, kind a of cash the grab. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I did like when Snoopy goes to that club and does another like flash beagle dance like this is uh, there are a bunch of people on the dance floor, and this is probably one of the only times I've seen adults in peanuts. Yeah, especially you uh, know when you see adults in peanuts, it's either this or it's one of the weird history specials that they did. Yeah, that's right, where they show like Abraham Lincoln and stuff. Yeah, uh, I the only other time I remember seeing an adult 
is uh, in Bon Voyage, Charlie Brown. And don't uh, come back. Yeah, they do very briefly show a porter when they're in the airport. Yeah. And you see the Baron in silhouettes, but I don't really think that counts. And Otherwise, the one that comes I can't after think of that is what have we learned, isn't it? What did we learn? I I don't know. I never saw that one. <laughs> oh wait, is that the one about D Day? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Oh okay. Well, uh, we learned that it was good that we stopped the Nazis. Yes. I'm. I hope. I hope that was the lesson. That's a lesson <laughs> that we need to learn today. Again, yes. Unfortunately. What? If, yeah. What do we need to relearn? How many times do we have to go over this, Charlie Brown? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like seriously. Uh, leave behind your skinhead ideology, Charlie Brown. Whoa. Well, I mean, he's got the look. I thought he was a cancer patient. No, that was the girl in uh, Why Charlie Brown? Why? Uh, right, right, right. You can tell because the other children make fun of her for being bald, but they seem to accept Charlie Brown for being bald. Actually, according to uh, Schultz, he's not really bald. He's just he just wanting he has. Very close cropped hair, and he, uh, and it's a very light toe-headed blonde. So oh, huh, interesting. So you can see, so you can see his scalp at all times, but uh, other than that, he does in fact have a thin layer of hair over it. Just it's just uh, that one bang that's visible in the front. So he looks like so he looks like Arthur uh, Strim from uh, Miss Peach. Yes, yes. Okay, I didn't know that. There's a lot about peanuts I didn't know. I clearly did no research at all for this. <laughs> I'm just, well, I'm a comic book maniac, comic strip maniac, so I know all this stuff from getting ten books at a time from our library or whatever, so. Peanuts was one of the ones that I, I read out of an obligation because I read mm. everything on my comics page, but, you know, yeah, I just always feel sorry for it. Just um, kind of on, well, by our time, really, Peanuts had uh, dropped to a sub croc level of. Uh... Ooh, that's harsh. Yeah. That's, ooh, that's a that's a harsh assessment. <laughs> not un not unfair, but harsh. Um, I will say also. Oh, oh. Um, God, was there ever a croc special? I don't think there was ever a croc special. There was a Wizard of Ed special that was three minutes long, and I think there were yeah. two BC specials, but I don't think there was ever a croc special. God, Croc is such a weird thing. Yeah. Because by that, the time so I was... It's so specific. Yeah. I mean, I, I, by the time I was reading it, I was like, the French Foreign Legion? What the what? hell is the French Foreign Legion? <laughs> when it's when did Croc premiere? I'm, I'm thinking that's an older strip, at least in the 60s, 60s right? Yeah, that was kind of when we had the, the big wave of uh, comic strips that are just old vaudeville jokes in a setting. And the setting changes, but the jokes don't. Yeah. Um, I feel like, uh, were there a lot of movies involved in the French Foreign Legion at that point? Because there are a bunch of Pepe Le Pew cartoons from that time period that also involve the French Foreign Legion. There must have been, but for, I mean, I kind of I suck about this kind of thing because I only know it from parodies. I mean, I could tell you all about uh, that wonderful Cowboy Wally comic, Sands of Blood, but I don't know anything else. <laughs> oh man do you uh i just realized is croc still running i haven't even checked because i'm thinking like today in this uh post 9-11 world with rising islamophobia croc is becoming increasingly problematic um considering it's about a bunch of like french guys in the desert uh specifically like shooting at uh, yeah. Arabs, and uh that where whereas like these uh very, very dusky, uh, bewhiskered, um, you know, um, uh, guys with scimitars always trying to break into the fort and everything. It's, yeah. Now, and of course there's... Um, okay, oh, I looked it up and yes, it would have been terrible if it had continued after the after 9-11. The good news is it did end in 2012. So, oh, wow. So. <laughs> Well, better late than never. Yeah, I guess um, so. Damn. I remember, like, cause, uh, reading that, and uh, even as a kid, thinking, like, yeah, this uh, this portrayal of, um, you know, uh, the the two um, the two uh, local women in Croc, who are basically, like, a cute chick and the fat broad from uh, BC, just uh, with r different skins. Um, yeah, problematic. Not Not good. 
uh, and all other, all, the only other thing I remember about Croc is there was a camel. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you anything about Croc because I think because it took place in the desert, I was constantly confusing Croc with tumbleweeds. Oh, yeah, which also is very problematic. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> very positive portrayal of our, our historical relationship with Native Americans. Yeah. There. Jeez. It's like um, it's like if you if you watch F Troop and you're like, this is too PC for me. I need something. Uh, I need something. Uh, <laughs> I need something a, a little meaner. Uh, go for tumbleweeds then. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know. You know how most people react to reading a uh, tumbleweed strip. It how? is Ned you... Balloon. <laughs> oh, I got the black lung. <laughs> oh. Wait, wasn't that was was there not a uh, a Native American character by that name in tumbleweeds? Whose name was It Is Balloon or <laughs> No Lead Balloon. I don't think so. uh, I don't know. Let's let's look up Tumbleweeds. Okay, we gotta look up Tumbleweeds. Oh, I think there actually was a Tumbleweeds cartoon at one point. Was there, you think? I think it was part of the Fabulous Funny show. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, which, after the which, first episode aired, it was learned Filmation lacked the rights to use the property and the segment was removed from further episodes. Uh, wow. Okay, we should probably not talk about Tumbleweeds too much because we'll probably do an episode about Tumbleweeds at some yeah. point since it was animated. Uh, Croc is fair game though, since yes. it was never we will never, never made talk about media. Croc. So yeah, and, God, actually, and we've got a lot of peanuts to go over. So yeah. look forward to our future peanut strips to be followed versions like this. Yeah. Oh no. Okay, I remember Croc. God, I actually remember some of the characters now. It's coming back to me like a fever <laughs> dream. There's Croc, right? Uh huh. Vermin um, P. Croc. That's right. The guy with the iron glove and the little riding crop. Yeah, I never knew what the... that was as a kid. I thought he had a magic wand. <laughs> he's basically the king from Wizard of Id. Yeah. You know? They're and not that different. He's... No, no. In fact, he's got like a sidekick, Poulet, who is basically Sir Rodney. For yeah. All his purposes. And then there's Figowitz, who is basically Spook. Spook, and... yeah. And um, there's a camp cook whom I feels like uh, their version of turnkey for Wizard of Id. Huh. Actually, now that I think about it, is Wizard of Id and Croc, are they, they're drawn very similar. It yeah. It wasn't the same guy, was yeah, it? Yeah, they were created Not... by Brant Parker. Oh, well, th it makes sense. I was like, oh, wow, it's crazy that they're so similar. Oh, well, there you go. They're both made by the same guy uh -huh. who just made the same, he had the winning formula, so he just did the Scott, um, sorry, the Seth MacFarlane thing where he's like, all right, we're going to just, you know, uh, file the serial numbers off and remake the same thing over again. <laughs> uh, and that, was... that also explains why uh, um, Grossi and the 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 supposed the ostensibly hot woman who was not hot because it was drawn by you know Brent Parker yeah um, looked so much like uh, the fat chick and the. the sorry, the fat broad and the cute chick. I'm being mean to Brent <laughs> yeah. Parker. His, his art's like. Brett, his, yeah, his Brett Parker and stuff. Johnny Hart, who referred to each other as the fat broad and the cute chick when they were. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's my headcanon now. <laughs> I'm going to be writing some special stories about this. <laughs> Man, now that I think about it, I don't think I've ever, I'm, I don't think I've ever seen any, uh, any uh, special art out there on DeviantArt about the, uh, the, the, the fat chick and the cute, the cute chick and the fat broad, <laughs> which is, which is kind of odd now that, well, you know, they are zombie strips now. Well, so have no you noticed that the, the word broad has almost completely passed from the vocabulary, but we still say chick. <laughs> That's true. Um, but you know, it, it, so they might as well be like, yeah, that fat dame, <laughs> the fat dame with the cute skirt. Yeah. Well, a nice pair of gams on her, eh? Yeah, that's how cavemen talk. Um, okay, I'm trying to think. Who else? What else? What other parallels are there in Croc and uh, BC or uh, the Wizard of Id? Since they're it's basically the dark triad of shitty strips. Oh, let's see. Uh, oh, does the well Croc has an Arab horde with a stone god named Nebuchadnezzar? Oh yeah! Wow, I totally forgot that thing. Um, Oh boy! Wow! Ooh. Ooh. 
that's that's up there with those people who are like, you know, Muhammad is actually a sun god. <laughs> so that's 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 pretty bad. I don't. Yeah, and then there's don't they have like in Croc like two guys in cages that you never see? They're just the cages talking to each other. I think so. I, I don't know. You know, I have like no memory of Croc. I mean, the last time I saw it was in like 1989. So yeah, apparently my my I I know Croc like you know Peanuts. So. Um, God, what was, uh, there was something else though. What else is in Croc? I know um, there's, there's a buzzard. There's a buzzard. A buzzard? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Are there animals in Wizard of Id? I don't In Wizard of Id? Heard. Uh. Yeah, there are no animal characters. Not really, unless you count the spook. Oh. Yeah. Wait a second here. What is the name of the thing that's in the wizard's pot? Oh, oh. I don't know. What is that yeah. thing called? It's, I, it's I, called the spirit or something like that. Yeah. It's like a genie um, or something. Yeah. I just remember it's always comes out. And when the wizard is like being yelled at by his wife and, um, I don't, I don't, Oh God. I think I used to get it mixed up with a spook when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, oh wow. But, I found a book, the best of croc. Oh, I, I, I what Ten is it pages. still in print? <laughs> 10 pages. No, no I'm kidding. <laughs> I would believe it, though. There's actually a... Wow, there's actually a collection. The Best of Crocs, celebrating 40 years of desolation, deserts, and deafness. Huh. And then there's The Best of BC. 58 years of pithy prehistoric puns and fun. Yeah. (laughs) Notice um, that fun comes second. Yeah. uh, I wouldn't really call BC fun. Um, But, you know, I'm not... Maybe I'm the wrong audience. Yeah. Uh, sorry, we're go- man. We're really going on tangents this time. Yeah, I um, mean, where, where's Charlie Brown? I mean, <laughs> okay. So um, back to uh, Flash Beagle, back which is so Flash good. We, we have literally nothing to say about it. Yeah, um, I mean, Flash Beagle is about how Snoopy goes out dancing and then he doesn't wake up in time to do dog stuff. Yeah, which is really unfair of Charlie Brown, considering that. They have that party yeah. where Snoopy is serving drinks, and it's like Charlie Brown, your dog is amazing. Oh, and then there's the what? stupid Lucy says song, but let's not even dwell on that. Oh yeah, yeah, that was um, well. I guess they had to give Lucy her moment. Yes, um, but it's all just like filler until the big uh, Flash Beagle sequence. Yeah, and um, oh, I, that but is, I, you I know, actually, one of the problems with the whole concept of focusing on Snoopy in something where Snoopy can't talk is that, I mean, we can't really podcast about it because it's like, and then Snoopy poses in front of the mirror and he doesn't like the outfit. So he takes it off and he puts on a different outfit and he doesn't like that one. So he takes off another outfit and puts this one on and then he rips it up and then he likes it. So, I mean, there's nothing to talk about. There's no, not something you no. can podcast over. It's like, this, how, is, this is similar to how I feel that. One of the reasons that Ren and Stimpy didn't have as big of a cultural catch-at in its future as I feel like it should have is because so much of it is visual. And on the internet, and to start with, all we could really do was text. That's true. Uh, it's not a very quotable show other no. than, you know, uh, the Canadian Mounted Yaks or something. <laughs> uh, I'll teach your grandmother to suck eggs. I mean, that's the one that I always know. Um and, you know, and of course now, now mostly we just know it for John K being, you know, a creep. Yes. Um, Way uh, to go. Way to go. Yeah, Shit, like, you destroyed your own wonderful legacy. That was one of the reasons I became a cartoonist in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you were like a dad to me, dude, but you know, sometimes dad needs to be in jail. Yeah. You know, what's funny. Every time I see, um, pictures of, of, um, I almost said Robert Crumb, uh, of John K. <laughs> kind of the same. Um, yeah, <laughs> they're both kind of creepers. Uh, though to be fair to Robert Crumb, I don't know that he's like molested anyone. Mm. Um, I don't know that. No, it just doesn't seem put, like something that. Uh, I mean, he did move to France. I wouldn't put it past him. I mean, he's. I mean, he's got issues. Yeah, very clearly. Um, but I mean, but, he's the only person. I mean, you know that. In his later years, in his prime, Picasso used to pay for his meals with a little sketch that he did right there at the table. Oh, does does Crumb do that too? Kind of, but there's a there was a, a there was an extra step. He actually published a book of things he drew while waiting for his meals in France. 
Huh. So he actually, so he did have to market it, but he did in fact pay for his meals with the, with the uh, drawing he did at the table. So, I mean, you know, that's something that very few of us can do. So, yeah, well, that's why I, I don't have a lot of sympathy for uh, for Robert Crumb's constant like, now it's so hard being a, being a cartoonist. It's like, yeah, go back to your go back to your chateau in France and fuck a straw boater. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> no sympathy. Like what? It's like, oh, go, 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 uh, go foist another book with your talentless wife on us. Jeez. <laughs> <sighs> Are, are we, sorry, are we anyway. allowed to, are we allowed to say that Aileen fucking sucks? She, I mean, sorry, I'm sorry. She does. I mean, when I remember when I read that book where they did together and I'm like, gosh, why it's like the art's pretty good, except for uh crumb's wife who appears to be drawn by like a small child. I don't know what's going on here. And it's like, Oh, she drew herself. Okay. Oh, um, well, there were a yeah. couple of ones where they, they did a comic of each other together and they were, and she herself is like, ew, my drawing looks like a retard did it next to yours. <laughs> well, you know, I, obviously they are a couple made for each other. Uh, they both have the same, uh, you know, oh, wonderful... and one of them, one of those strips, they actually drew each other in each other's styles. And she did an amazing job of imitating his style. So I'm like, wow, she draws like shit on purpose. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, well, I guess cre- credit where it's due then. <laughs> I mean... I should I shouldn't judge. People always people always come to me and they say like I love how you draw bad on purpose. I'm always like, yeah, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> That's right. Um, but uh, ah, maybe I you know my favorite thing about Crumb is uh, that um, when he did okay. Did you did, do you remember this? Where like a few years ago he was interviewed by some uh, some magazine uh, writer, some journalist. And it was very weird because basically, I guess the guy came in and said, hey, Crumb, do you like to, uh, you know, they, they were shooting the shit. And I guess the guy was like, well, this is Robert Crumb. All his comics about him being, you know, his sexual neuroses. So let's talk about that. Crumb, do you like to, you know, jerk off and have your dick sucked? And Crumb was like, yes, I really love those things. And uh, <laughs> then at some point in the conversation, Crumb was like, oh, I hate banks. Oh, I hate like capitalism and banks so much. And then for some reason later on, apparently Crumb like regretted this and he started like uh, trying to retract his statements and was like telling the uh, the reporter, like, don't tell anyone that I said that I like getting blowjobs. Oh, it's so embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> and don't tell anyone I said I hate banks. All my money is in banks. And the reporter got really mad and was like, OK, fuck you. I'm going to write an entire article about how you smell bad. And so they, they published this article and then, like, Crumb was writing these things about how, like, this guy's a liar and he sucks and he was, he was like, making this stuff up about it and I don't smell. And it got very weird. <laughs> um, but that, that, but, yeah, anyway. Sorry, that's another tangent. But yeah. I always remember seeing that and being like, no one really comes out looking good in this situation. No, But no. I'm very amused. <laughs> um, Flash Beagle, anyway, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Flash Beagle. Oh, uh, but, but one thing I do want to say about Flash Beagle. When Flash Beagle is dancing... Uh, one of those adults is very clearly Peppermint Patty. Peppermint Patty, grown up. Wow. Yeah. So he, he danced um, so long it became <laughs> twenty years from now. And yet Franklin in that scene does not age at all. No. I mean, there's like a, a slightly older Franklin next to the Fra- original Franklin, so maybe that's what's going on. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Uh, but yeah, Snoopy Snoopy dances his way into the future and then goes home. And Charlie Brown is like, it's Flash Beagle. I can't stand it. <laughs> That's not even because a joke. That's just... just Charlie Brown is just very close-minded about dogs dancing. I mean, okay. And then there's a song about Pigpen, and oh yeah, Pigpen. He he gets a song. And... It's, a, it's and that's a that's like a a square dance song. Yeah. It's a square yeah. dance because he brings his own barn. <laughs> oh yeah, um, man. You know, I uh, I suggested we should do Flash Beagle because I thought like, oh, it'll be funny because it's stupid dancing. But I'm like, it's tough going. No, uh, yeah, there's it's... there's like nothing there. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It is the most shallow of all the peanut specials. Yes. 
you know, we but, you know we did not we did not bring our A game for this one. No, uh, we, well, we no, but but uh, but I mean, uh, we're doing yeoman's work trying to make this funny to listen to. But yeah, let's talk about Crumb some more because <laughs> I got other things to say about Crumb. Uh, <laughs> it's yeah, slash I, Crumb. Should I tell the story about like my encounter with Robert Crumb? Oh I yeah, tell should. us. Yeah, should I tell you? Have I ever told you this? Uh, you told me, but uh, not on camera. All right, Mike. so I'll talk. I'll I'll Live say this Mike. on camera. I maybe maybe this is gauche to say, but um, I I'll just mention this. So uh, uh, a couple many many years ago, um, I used to work in a. Uh, I used to be down in a town uh, where uh, there was this kind of shitty Alterna newspaper uh, run by a bunch of cranks. And it was basically like the equivalent of like a mimeographed like handout that you get on the street from like, you know, a hippie. And but apparently this paper had been running since like the 60s. And for a brief hot minute, Robert Crumb had been involved with them. So he knew like the publisher or something. And so they had all this crumb art up on the walls. And uh, I happened to pass through there at some point. And the paper's current cartoonist had self-published a book about how George Bush sucks because George Bush was president at the time. And she sent the book to Crumb to get, you know, basically like, hey, here's my book. Give me a blurb, hint, hint. And he wrote her back this uh, letter basically saying like, yeah, your book fucking sucks. Um, (laughs) Not in those words. He was very polite about it, but basically saying like, here's everything that's wrong with your book. Uh, Blah, 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 blah. And then... Uh, he sent another letter to her saying, uh, you didn't write back to my first letter, so I felt kind of bad, um, you know, but I only said these mean things because I want you to be better and I see that there's potential. And here's some other things wrong with your work. And <laughs> because it's Robert Crumb, he's a curmudgeon, yeah. you know, and I remember seeing that and be like, man, to, to get a letter from Robert Crumb, wow. Well, and I was like, you, you suck. know, <laughs> yeah. And then I saw that, like, wait a minute, his address is on this letter. So I was like, I'm going to write this down. So I wrote down his address at this French chateau. And uh, years later, I uh, wrote a comic book myself uh, called The Malleus Maleficarum, which I think we've mentioned in other stri- on other uh, episodes. I would hope so. Go, go buy it. It's yes. available on Amazon. It's really great. Uh, it really is. Yeah, it's a good book. It's a fucking good book. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, yeah, you know that the, the creators wouldn't lie to you about that. No, of course not. We have no vested interest in that in, in lying. Creators, uh, I say, a, accidentally making myself putting myself in the cast list with an, with an S. <laughs> well, yeah, um, I helped. <laughs> well, you cut, you did moral support. I did. Yes, I wanted to see it. I was really that's excited right. to see it. So that's good enough. Yeah, yeah. Hey, I'll, I'll take what I can get. And I um, contributed one line to the uh, to misunderstanding comics. Oh, that's right. You did. Um, you're in. I think you're in there, actually, aren't you? Am I? Uh, did you, I don't, if you drew me, I didn't see me. But you know, you draw a lot of guys that look like me. <laughs> oh well, yeah, yeah. Um, no, but you had the. We I, we did put in uh, that that line with the woggle bug specifically for you. <laughs> yes, I and appreciate it. I didn't. Yeah, even, I, I don't think I even contributed to the to the Kickstarter. I just wanted to see it. But oh yeah, well you know what? I mean, I, I fought to get that in because my co-author was like, "What does this mean?" And I was like, "No, trust me, you have to put this in. It's gold <laughs> comedy gold, gold Jerry." <laughs> yeah, well you know it was worth it just uh, just to get you because I think every time I talk to you for like months afterwards, I'm like, "Hey, hey, did you see that woggle bug? You did know you what? See it? You never did." I, you're kidding, really? You never did. I noticed it, and I was, and I was just like, "That's a that was really neat that you did that." And you were like, "Oh, you saw that?" Oh, I guess I was playing it cool. I yeah, like, you were playing just, it oh. very cool. But I appreciated it. I really appreciated yeah. a shout out. You know, and even though I didn't pay for you to draw me in there or anything, so. Well, you know, uh, hey, hey, you're a friend. I appreciate uh, that. Hey, and besides, I believe uh, you helped uh, bring Firebrat to. Uh, yes, I did. As well. Yes. So you know, there you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of these days, if you do a Kickstarter, let me know, and uh, you know, I'll I might we'll, uh, maybe return a favor. Maybe. I might get a Patreon going just because this is kind of the last, the, sh- the last ship sailing before they uh, fuck it up for everyone. But yeah, that's right. You got to get in on, get on that. So um, good idea, because um, I know that ugh, Patreon is uh, is determined to shoot its feet off. 
Um, but man, wow! I feel like we're doing nesting stories now because uh, I, I was telling a story about one thing, and then I got distracted and started talking about something completely different. So now, do I go back to the original story or to the second one? Um, um, should I finish? Let's finish Crumb. Let's finish okay. Crumb. Yes, Crumb. Okay. So Crumb. Uh, so I wrote down his his uh, his address, and years later, I I did the Malik's Malficarum, available from SLG Publishing. Check mm-hmm. local. Uh, bookstores and all that um and i was like you know what you know what you know who um who wrote a a a, a, a book where he basically just like adapted the bible yeah he did. yeah so i bet he might appreciate this maybe if i sent him a copy i could get something you know maybe like a blurb right <laughs> so basically i'm what i'm saying is i made the exact same mistake that the uh cartoonist with the uh, anti-george bush book made and I sent the book to Robert Crumb. And I was like, yeah, I'll probably never get a response, but you never know. And uh, he actually did respond. He sent me an email, a very polite email saying how much the book sucked. <laughs> I, you know, it was very polite, very polite guy. And, you know, to his credit, he didn't even have to respond. Uh, but it was funny because he wrote back and saying, like, you know what? I, I feel, you know, I almost didn't respond but I feel like, you know, maybe you're serious about actually, you know, doing cartooning. So I, I felt like, you know, I should. And I yeah, like, maybe oh, you're serious because you got a book published. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, um, and it was funny because he was like, well, you know, this is actually really inappropriate to make fun of the witch trials. Uh, this is, you know, and he was going on about how, it, how bad that was. And I was kind of thinking like, I'm being lectured about appropriateness by Robert Crumb. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I was like, I was thinking like, dude, I've read your comics with like angel food, the incredibly racist caricature that keeps popping up in there. Um, Wild could, man Sam mean anything to you? Yeah. You know, I mean, I could list a bunch of things that Robert Crumb did that I, I that involve words I don't want to say on air yes. in fear that someone will take them out of context. Um, but yeah, so I was like, okay. And, um, it was just weird. And then he said, you know, you should also try to, you should try to be more like, well, he basically said like, this book would be good if someone else did it. And I was kind of like, okay. Um, I was, I was like, well, thanks for your input. Um, <laughs> I, I wrote back and I said like, oh yeah. Um, you know, I did, I wrote back and I was like, thank you. Uh, sorry. You know, I wasn't to your but, liking, sorry. and uh, I, I appreciate you, uh, you know, responding and uh, giving me the benefit of your opinion. Um, he did write back again, and he was very civil. So yeah, um, can't I can't be that? I, I'm being very churlish right now because, of course, I wanted him to say this is very good. But <laughs> what are you gonna do? Um, that's life. Uh, and hey, um, I I still have the email somewhere. So. Yeah, um, but, but yeah, still so a better response than you got from Scott McCloud. Actually, Spell My Cloud was uh, was pretty decent too, to be honest. Um, he was funny because uh, my coworker, not co- my co-author, showed him Misunderstanding Comics, also available. Check local listings. Yes. Not listings. Sorry. <laughs> check uh, check Amazon. I don't know where else you can get this thing. It's um, in your grocer's but, freezer. Yeah, you know. <laughs> you get it in the bulk section. It's just one of those big ladles and just scoop out a whole bunch of books. Um, but uh, someone he, sh- uh, my co-author, showed it to him, and Scott McCloud was like, "Yeah, it's great. You finished something. That's so nice." And I was like, "Wow, he's the nicest guy. He's like a kindergarten teacher." Um, Very we felt good. A little bad about it. Yeah, you did it, you know? buddy. So yeah, we felt a little bad about it, but you know, he took it in stride. He seems like a decent guy. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think. Like, those are my only celebrity encounters. No. Uh, Ethan, you ever met anyone famous? Uh, I met Frank Conniff once. That was nice. Really? Yeah. TV's Frank. He was really cool. He was. Where did uh, you meet him? Uh, at a uh, at San Diego Comic Con. Uh, oh, that's cool. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was going to do a presentation there, and I happened to be sitting in the same aisles. And I and he looked over at me, and I saw me smiling. He waved, and I was like, I was like, it's really great to see you here, Mr. Conniff. I was so. I'm so glad to see you still working with puppets because it was in fact a puppet podcast he was working on. Oh, fun! Yeah, yeah, that's cool. And so yeah, he was really he was really nice, and uh, uh, th- I met a few famous faces there, but not no one that you would see on the screen and go, "Oh my god!" 
<laughs> I met Man. Bill Willingham. That was neat. But uh, oh, nice. And I, I, I'd already met. I had I met him before. No, I think that was the first time I got to meet uh, Stephen Notley. That was pretty cool. Oh yeah, yeah, he is cool. I've, I've met, I met him once. I met, yeah, I got to meet him and Keith Knight. So that was really cool. And yeah. Because they they like yeah. to do stuff together. Or at least they did then. I don't know. I don't know how many, how much con going they do anymore now that Stephen lives in America and uh, and Keith is dad. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Did I mention when I met them? I think I met. I Maybe that on the podcast. I'm I'm pretty sure. Like, oh gosh, it was a weird thing because like we were t- we were tabling for misunderstanding comics, and Stephen Notley like bought a copy. He actually oh, cool. he did he did blurb it, which was really cool. Yeah, because um, that you know, is cool. Because, you know, I am a big I'm such a big fan of his that I had a copy of his book, which we accidentally gave away to the thrift shop here. Oh, and <laughs> and uh, I had to buy it back because I went into the thrift shop and was like, oh, I have this book. And I opened it up and it says like to Mike in it. I was like, oh, <laughs> so I had to wow. I had to buy back my own book because um, I'm an idiot. But uh, no, but he was he's super cool. But but the I'm, I'm nesting stories again. Sorry. Um <laughs> But the point is, so at this con, this this uh, at some point, like this guy came up who was really excited about misunderstanding comics and really wanted to buy a copy. And I was just talking to him, and I happened to kind of try to look down at his badge because he had one, and I was just kind of making small talk. But he flipped his badge around so I couldn't like see who he was, ah. right? And I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, I guess this guy's shy, Mystery and man. um. Yeah, and but he bought a book and like left, and then I was talking to uh, my co-author who mentioned, you know, Keith Knight is over there with Stephen Notley, and I was like, wait a second, I think I've seen pictures of Keith Knight, and I was like, isn't he like, you know, this kind of like, kind of tall, lanky black guy who yeah. wears kind of like like a top hat or a, a boater or something, some sort of hat I remember. Yeah, he had a hat and, when I saw, but it was like a jester hat. Yeah, it was some sort of hat I remember, a very distinctive hat. And, um, and I was like, and I know Stephen Notley's bought a copy of the book. So if Keith Knight is, is, is with Stephen Notley, that would make sense that he saw the book. So, um, yeah, it turned out he did buy a copy of the book. Um, but he, um, uh, we actually, I think like my, my co-author asked him if he would like to a blur, but I think he was, he's kind of shy and mm. didn't want to like, you know, be quoted, which, you know, is fair. Yeah. Um, that would have been cool to have a quote. You know, too. just giving your... Giving your blurb out to just anyone can kind I can see how you would be worried about how it affected your your public image, your brand. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, he I mean, at that point, I don't think he'd read the book yet. So, uh, of course, yeah. he probably didn't want to say anything before he actually, like, you know, had a chance to read it. Um, I think Stephen Notley had actually, like, uh, was reading it at the table. So by oh. the time they approached him, he'd actually, like, you know was a little familiar with what was in it so um but yeah anyway so yeah both 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 very cool guys and you know it'd be nice to um if i if ape was still around you know maybe i'd see him again but what are you gonna do um yeah well this has been the talking shop episode of uh yeah that's right so uh uh flash beagle do we have anything last uh, last thoughts about flash beagle flash beagle oh Okay, I've been looking at the Wikipedia page while you uh, talk, while you talked about your uh, convention experiences and discovered something that you and I would almost completely overlook. That is probably the only reason anyone would tune in to the Flash Beagle episode mm-hmm. is that the voice of Sally Brown grew up to be the singer Fergie. What? Yes. Stacy so Ann Ferguson, a.k.a. Fergie Duhamel, or Demo. Are you telling me that, like, Sally's voice is the, uh, the, 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 the milk money lady? Yep, the Black Eyed piece. yep. Wow. I didn't know anything, you know, I didn't know what she did. I don't know, she was, let's see, wow. I mean, yeah, she was, she used to be on Kids Incorporated, I remember that show. Wow, I remember, um, kid, and you know, and you know why I remember Kids Incorporated because I was always disappointed that it wasn't Kid Video. Oh, yeah, they just did like it was basically like kids songs, right? Yeah, I yeah. Mean, uh, uh, wow, wow. I'm still like I'm still reeling about Fergie being the milf money 
milf uh, milf money <laughs> milf money video lady yes um so sally wow. is, sally is fergalicious charlie brown wow um that that uh well i'm glad we got that out there because i'm sure we'd get a lot of angry letters uh from from fans of uh flash beagle being like you forgot the most important thing <laughs> yeah, no, i i don't know anything about it. like what's music shoot <laughs> Um, I only know that one song because, um, you know, a friend sent it to me. It's like, hey, it's a song about MILFs. I think you would appreciate this. Ah. And I was like, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, oh, that um, is what it's called? Oh, I thought you were yeah. getting a name wrong. Okay. No, no. It's actually, it's. I think it's actually called MILF. And it's just the song going, give me, give me MILF money or something. <laughs> um, yeah. But um, yeah, it, that's, that's, yeah, the song. Um I've got something to say about Flash Beagle. Say something about Flash Beagle. Flash Beagle, more like Trash Beagle. Oh! I wouldn't want to be Charles Schultz right now. Oh! Burn! <laughs> you just got miked. <laughs> Good night, everybody. You just got shocked by a hot mic. You've been bitten by the Witster. <laughs> Now we have to now we just have to, uh, toilet flush sound effect. And, ooh, yeah! Now, now for the first hour of our Eagles marathon. <laughs> first three callers get a free cap. <laughs> oh man! Oh, okay. Um, I guess that's it for uh, Flash Beagle. Tune Anything in next we... week for our yeah. Miss Morning Sickness Pregnant Bikini Contest. 